Now is the time for resurrection. What are you waiting for? Growing up in the Pacific Northwest, I remember as a child seeing the shock of the beautiful yellow flowers in the center of the skunk cabbage on the property lining the Chehalis River where we grew up and played for hours a day. These yellow beauties grow in places flowers typically don't, so they really stand out under dense cedar cover. It's always a treat to see them amongst the monochromatic green, a reminder that winter is over and spring has finally come. I know from experience, and unfortunately it didn't take me just once to learn this, I did it over and over again as a child, that if you pick them, they will die almost immediately. So it's not any use to do that. They don't grow for human consumption, after all. They grow at exactly the time when the bears will come out from their winter's rest, and they provide an important nourishment as they break their winter fasts. The bears do not plant them. The bears do not store them away in freezers for when they wake up and write a note to themselves, remember to eat the yellow flowers from the skunk cabbage. The bears simply fall asleep and wake up and come out of the cave that they have wintered in and find that bright, beautiful yellow flower just for them and eat. Now is the time for resurrection. Life is bursting everywhere and it's not worried about how it will sustain itself. It's just finding the beauty and being nourished. The woodpecker that I heard first and saw second on my walk this week trusts that that dead-looking snag is teeming with life as it pecks at it. The tulips that splash the valley with color and bring all those lovely visitors with them boldly began to grow weeks ago, even as the snow fell. When baby Mallory comes to the altar to receive communion, she opens her mouth as wide as her beautiful big eyes and receives the symbol of Christ's love and life for her and for all as if it is her birthright, and it is. What, my dear ones, are we waiting for? Now is the time for resurrection. Resurrection is not a time for storing away. It is not a time for mourning. It is not a time for exhaustive plans or schemes or fear. Resurrection is a time to rejoice, to trust, to embrace life, and to consume the beauty that the Creator has set before us. We have come through our Lenten fasts, out of the grief and pain of Good Friday, many of us were here as the altar was stripped, as we were left bereft. And the stone has danced away now, and all that we need is before us, provided by the God who created the skunk cabbage for the bears to eat who provided manna in the wilderness for folk who've been slaves for hundreds of years, and even now comes to surprise us with abundance.
but it's easier said than done, is it not? We're suspicious of abundance and blessing, and perhaps rightly so. We are not immune to sadness and grief. We watch the news, after all. We've known deep, deep loss, personal loss. We failed big, public, and we've been defeated. We've been hungry for everything but what we need, and we've been overwhelmed by the bad, bad news for the world, for the earth, for the future. The disciples that found the empty tomb were filled with confusion and fear and sadness as well. These feelings seem appropriate and familiar as humans. Doom and gloom is constantly at our heels. Sri Lankan Christians were slaughtered in their churches as they worship today. 200, probably more. Their pews are soaked in blood. Cathedrals are burning to the ground. Churches are being burned because of the color of the skin of those who worship in them. God, in whom there is no partiality, is used again and again and again as an excuse to hate and divide and judge. But now is the time for resurrection. And we have not conjured it up. It is greater than our wildest dreams. We have not had the audacity to to pray for it even. We have not stored it away or put it in our freezer. We did not deserve it, nor have we inherited it. We, like the bears, realize that the stones have danced away from the caves that we've been hiding in. And so we stumble forth, stomach grumbling, and find a feast of life to embrace. Now is the time for resurrection. Worshippers at Notre Dame Cathedral today will not see glories of architecture as they look up. They will see the ever-changing beauty and mystery of the sky. God does not reside in cathedrals. God is not in this brick-and-mortar place because of the beautiful steeple or the amazing stained-glass windows. God is here because we are here. God is here because you are here. And you are not here to bring anything to God. God doesn't need anything you could bring. You are here so that you can embrace an invitation. An invitation to resurrection life. Each of us is invited to walk into the resurrection through whatever tomb holds us and to bear witness through our lives in our own way to the love and grace of God. It is beautiful and bold to live in this way, being nourished by the beauty of creation. And when we do it together, it's called church. Not a cathedral, not a location, not a building, not a family, not an institution, but a living, breathing body moved by the Spirit of God, trusting resurrection. Now is the time for resurrection. God is bringing a new day, one that is full of mystery and change and equality and mercy and reconciliation and love, one that we might be tempted to fear, but God invites us to embrace. 
So my siblings in Christ, the stone has danced away, and death no longer holds us. It has no power. Sin and selfishness are bankrupt. We belong to everything, and everything belongs to us because we have been embraced into the life of the one in whom there is no partiality, to whom the grave is nothing but a temporary pit stop, the one who authors our future and provides for our present. Do not be afraid. Your hunger will be met with grace, your sin with forgiveness, your fear with hope. What are we waiting for? Embrace the resurrection. Amen. Let's stand together and sing Alleluia, Christ is arisen.